Welcome to Word of Life Church Podcast. We're so glad you're here, and wherever you're listening from, we believe that God will move to and through you from today's message. If this podcast helps you spiritually, will you consider helping us naturally? You can give online or become a monthly partner as we aim to help more ministries and release more content. You can give online today at thelife.cc. Enjoy today's message. We are wrapping up our series, uh, Nothing to Be uh, Ashamed Of. And so at the end of the service, we will uh, take communion. And if you don't have it, uh, the ushers will easily pass that out to you uh, as I wrap up my sermon. But have any of you all ever made a decision to go to a place, but when you got to that place, you was like, why did I make that decision to come to that place? You kind of had second thoughts. You was kind of wondering like, man, what is really, really going on? So I can remember this back last year in March. I had signed up for an opportunity uh, to go out in the streets of Jackson, actually six blocks from here. Uh, As a church, we were partnering with uh, Keeping Jackson Beautiful. And with that, we were picking up trash uh, on a Saturday morning. So I get out there and I'm just thinking, it's okay, y'all, the noise on on the screen, it's all right. Uh, So it's not bothering me. I know it has to come down. So uh, with that, I was like, okay, Lord, this is a lot of trash that we're going to have to big up. Why did I sign up for this? But lo and behold, I'm like, Lord, I am obedient. And so we have some members that are out there with us and So we're picking up trash, and all of a sudden, there's this white Camaro, tinted windows. And y'all, when I say this car is going slow, I'm talking about slow. And then the music is blasting loud. I'm talking about jamming to some R&B music. I mean, just, just jamming. I'm talking about just coasting, like going like real slow. And I'm like, what in the is going on. I mean, literally, I wanted to go up to the car and just knock on the window. Hey, man, you low on gas or something? You know, I can, I can help you out. Why are you going so slow? You know, why are you just... And so I didn't say anything, so we're just picking up the trash. And I mean, it literally, you all, like literally takes him about five minutes to get off this street. And I'm like, what's going on? So he goes on. Then he comes back. Same rate of the slowest speed I have ever seen with a car. And I'm like, what is this? I, I, I figured it was a brother. I didn't know, tenant windows. So I'm like, what is this brother doing, man? What's going on, you know? So he finally pulls over to the sl- uh, side, and we're right here at uh, I, uh, uh, Eva uh, May Pittman Park, which is, used to be Poindexter Park, six blocks up. And so... He finds us a brother. He gets out the car, and so he goes and talks to the guys over um, at the park. And so, you know, the members were just there picking up the trash. Y'all, this is so suspect. I'm sitting here like, ooh, y'all okay? Y'all good? We safe. We good. Everything is all right. It's all right. Just continue to pick up the trash. We're going to stay on mission. We got our objects. Stay on mission. So he's speaking and everything to the guys across the street. Then he starts speaking to us, but I notice he's paying attention to one female. I'm like, oh, see, I'm that protector. You know what I'm saying? I got to make sure everything good. So he's speaking, you know, one way, and I just come in. I'm picking up trash. I'm like, hey, man, how you doing? So good to see you. I was like, hey, I know that you was driving slow. 
you know, everything good with the car, you know, just trying to get some conversation and he'll speak and then he'll go right back to her. And, then, you know, I jump back in and he'll go right back to her. And I'm just sitting here like, man, like, Lord, what in the world is really going on? Because at this moment, I am literally being honest, judging. And I'm like, okay, I got to get this brother up out of here. And so he continues to talk. Now he's talking. The car is off, but the music is still blasting. And I'm like, well, this brother just cut the music off. But he's just in his moment. So we're picking up trash. 20 minutes goes on. He gets back in the car and he follows us down the street. Music still blasting. Jesus, how do I share my faith with him in this moment? Because right now, I want to tell this brother, get up out of here. So we get down, and he positions the car with his headlight facing us, and now we're at the old Atmos building, and we're still picking up trash. Then he cuts off the music, and then he starts picking up trash with us. And I'm like, wow. And all of a sudden, I was like, hmm. And the Lord reminded me of the story. I'm pretty sure most of y'all remember that when Samuel came to anoint the king, he went into Jesse's house and the Lord reminded him. He said, do not look at the outward appearance. The heart. So, of course, for me, I'm hearing this. I'm like, Lord Jesus, I repent. Forgive me, Lord. Of everything that I thought, because like I say, it looks so suspect. And so he starts picking up the trash. And I just began to talk. And I just began to have a conversation. And in this conversation, I just began to share about the love of God, my story, where I come from, how I came to Christ. And it was interesting that he said, once I got done, he said, man, you know what? He said, I appreciate you sharing that with me. Because he said, you know what? I used to be in church. And now I'm out here picking up this trash. I just feel so good now because I'm literally doing something good in the community. Maybe God is not mad at me. So he is in this moment thinking because he's doing something good that now God would look at him and be like, hey, okay, you're picking up trash. I'm pleased with you, my son. I'm pleased with you. Welcome back. But it was in this moment that once we got done picking up the trash, I just began to pray with him, pray for him. He didn't ask me. And I was just amazed on the body language because he was like, man, you know what? I actually thought that God was mad at me. He was upset with me, but it's like, man, he still he still loves me. And he was like, man, thank you for not judging me. And so he began to talk and he was like, man, you know what? I'm going to call my pastor. I'm going to 
you know, repent and apologize to him. And man, I'm going to get back in church. So he went from a moment of shame. He went from a moment of, you know what, man, maybe if I just do these works, these good deeds, maybe God would love me. And moved over into a place like, man, you know what? Now I know God loves me. I don't have to be ashamed. Can we go ahead and put the, uh, the picture up of the guy? Dooney. Here Dooney is. He's been out of church for years. So he went from a stony heart to a heart of flesh. This is what grace looks like. And I'm like, Lord, had you told me in the beginning, this is what was going to happen? I'd be like, no way. Because it looks so, as I said, suspect. Question for you. You pull up my next slide. We're going to read this right quick. It's from... Dr. Henry Clark. For too long, people have tried to outgood their feelings of shame by doing good deeds or performing better in various areas of life. But this approach does not work and can even worsen our sense of worthlessness if we don't measure up to our own standards. Next slide. This is my question that I have. What is the standard of measuring your life? Is it your own standard or is it God's grace? Dooney, he measured his life to picking up trash as a good thing, which it is, but he was only doing it because it's like, man, I just want God to know. I want to come back, but will he accept me back? And it was in the moment of that picture that we took at the end. I was like, what if I had made the decision that day not to go and serve? What if I had made that decision that day not to go and pick up that trash? Pretty sure we all have a phone, be it an Android, be it an iPhone. But, you know, they came out with this. It's called Face ID. You know, you put your face up to the phone, it'll unlock. You put your face up and it'll pay for something. I wonder if I had not shown my face that day. Where would Dooney be? That's just the title of the message, Face ID. (laughs) You know, people need to see your face. Because there's something that when they see your face, it will unlock something. Because just like Dooney, he was battling with wondering, man, does God love me? But he gets to see a face that started out that didn't show it, but on the inside, judging. I didn't even know who he was. Called Blast, Jodice. Jamming. I'm talking about that brother jamming hard. Tinted windows. I can't see. So I'm automatically judging, assuming, because the environment, not realizing my face 
is in the environment that's bringing light to darkness. But I could have easily shut down the light if I had stayed in my dark mindset in that moment. But thank God for, oh, grace, mercy, Lord, forgive me. He forgave me, and in that moment, he was able to minister. Do you realize people need your face? They need your presence. But it's not just you by yourself. It's God who is in you. Because people are dealing with so much. And with that shame, it's like they don't know who to talk to. They don't know who to tell. Just like Dooney, he, he didn't know. I mean, he, he slow cruising listening to Joe to see y'all. But he met back with the one that he really loves, that he really believes in. And now he knows that Jesus loves him. Now he's back in church. Amen. Yes. And so I want to look at a scripture. Uh, they'll pull it up on the screens. Uh, if you don't have your Bible, it's okay. You can go to your phone. I promise you I won't judge you. You version app, as I always say, you get a text message, just text them back. Why aren't you here with me in church? John chapter 13, verse 12. Here we see in the moment just before Jesus is about to go to the cross, he does something. He does something. John chapter 13, verse 12. Still hear some pages turning. We'll take our time. Jesus knew he was about to leave. Jesus knew that his disciples would be in a place. And they would need comfort. But he also knew they needed something else. Verse 12, when he had finished washing their feet, he put on his clothes and returned to his place. Do you understand what I have done for you? He asked them. You call me teacher and Lord and rightly so, for this is what I am. Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also should wash one another's feet. I have set an example that you should do as I have done for you. I tell you the truth. No servant is greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. Now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. Verse 14. Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also should wash one another's feet. Now, this morning, we're not going to wash each other's feet. It's just, I'm going to bring this out. But if we were to do that this morning, how many of us would be nervous? Don't raise your hand. Don't raise your hand. Just sitting up somewhere. Think about it. Feet sensitive. You know, you go to a shoe store, right? That's the day you're going to make sure 
your feet clean, your socks match. You might even put on some powder, some foot powder. Because you know when you take off that shoe, that salesman or that saleswoman going to be looking at And don't let it be a white shoe, y'all. You don't want to mess up a white shoe. So you go in and you make sure your feet are prepared for that moment. And I am so amazed that Jesus in this moment, he took the time to wash the disciples' feet. Because back in that day, it was sandals, y'all. Feet dusty, musty, crusty, the whole nine. But Jesus, in the middle of this, face ID, he gets down. When I get to heaven, I'm asked like, Lord, did you have to hold your breath for a long time with the disciples? But back in that day, they have on sandals. And so in the midst, you see all of the dirt, the filth, you see everything. But in this moment, Jesus pauses and takes the time to wash all of his disciples' feet. Yeah, you call me teacher. Yes, you call me Lord. But also, too, I will serve you. Because you not only need to see my face as teacher and Lord, but you also need to see my face as a servant. And so in this moment, Jesus gets down and he's there and he's taking the time. Taking the time. To wash their feet. And in this moment, Jesus said, be an example. In this moment, Jesus is saying, okay, when you measure your life, when you look at your life, just don't be a teacher, but also to be a servant. Just don't be a teacher by words, but be a servant by example. And what I love about this the most is that for each of us, there is a gift, there is a supply that is on the inside of us that we need from each other. You know, it's interesting on the uh, truck ride this morning in the church, you know, children, my, my wife and I, we have a daughter, Kyla, and a son, Chase. So, you know, now when you ask children things, you know, they, they tell you, they respond totally different than how I was raised, you know. Uh, you know, like you tell a child something now versus when I was told something, you know, I ain't asked all these questions, even though I wanted to ask these questions. Well, why I got it? Why? But it's like, why this? Why, you know, why, why? So <laughs> it was interesting, even on this topic, even on this sermon, I just, I said, Chase, um, I said, hey, buddy. I said, uh, have you ever thought about serving in church? No. <laughs> so is there, what are some things you like to do? You know, maybe soundboard, you know, I know you like the phone camera. You can do social media, you Nothing. I'm like, interesting. Okay. So I was like, let me ask you a question, Jay. I said, you enjoying kids' life? Yes, sir. I said, you like Mr. Josh, right? It's like, he was like, yes, sir. I said, let me ask you something. Just think if Mr. Joshua decided not to be a communicator and serve in kids' life. 
Dad, why you always compare? Son, I'm not comparing. I'm just asking questions. Just asking questions. Now I say, hey, as much as you love Ichiban, Che, he loves Ichiban. He will load up a plate just with rice only. I'm like, man, get some protein. Get some protein. I said, as much as you love fried rice, people have made a decision not to make fried rice that day. What would you think? Would it impact you? He's like, yes. I said, okay, here we go, Chase. Because we just got back from a uh, field trip two weeks ago. We went to the um, movie theater, the IMAX uh, movie theater, the science place there in Birmingham. So I was like, Chase, I gave up my time, and I went on that trip with you. I said, what did you enjoy about that trip? Oh, that you got to spend time with me and my good friend Rachel. You are a chaperone. We laughed. We played together. We had fun. I said, yeah. And I said, you know what I got out of that? I said, I got out of that just the joy and the happiness in seeing your face light up with me being in all of those moments with you. But notice I had to give up something in order to enjoy that. But that what I gave up, I got it back in return by seeing your face. He's like, yeah. I said, notice both of us received. It's not just one way. Both of us received. I was like, you want to go back on another trip? Yes. I said, nope, I'm not going. Dad. (laughs) But even for him at the age of 11, I wanted him to know that, son, there is something that God placed on the inside of you that I need, that people need, that we need. And when you give of it, there is something that we will get that we can't get in any other way. And so Jesus is teaching us the example of serving. And here at at Word of Life, I know for us, uh, because we've just been in conversation about, hey, you know, we like we're going to have to add another uh, service. We're going to have to go to a second service. And I'm like, Lord, yes, we do. We're in the community. You know, I know there are people that want to come, but I'm like, before they can come, we have to get in our place as a church. So that where when they come in, we're in a position of serving so we can serve the community. But it starts on the inside. It starts right here at home. And so as we add and when we add the 1130 service, we're going to need people. We're going to need faces. We're going to need your face in the place because they're going to be children. When they come in, they're going to see Mr. Joshua. And they're going to be like, oh, man, and they're already saying it at the 10 o'clock. I enjoyed this service. But it's like we know Mr. Joshua and those that are serving with them can't be here every Sunday. We're not asking them to be here every Sunday. We're just saying when you can, will you serve? Because someone needs your face. Someone needs your voice. Someone needs your high five. Someone needs your smile. And as you give it to their child, they will be impacted. They will be in touch. But not only that, this is what God gave you to give to us. And so in the community, it's it's pretty neat, even in just going around the community. There are families They just love a hello. They just love like, man, you stopped by to say hello. Man, you smiled. Wow, you spoke. You took time to have a conversation with me. And they're literally, they are looking for a church home. But I know it's like, 
we have to add another service. And in adding that, that service, I know we're going to need people. And when I say people, we're going to need the gift that God has placed on the inside of you. We're going to need the supply that God has given you. Be it you have a heart for children, be it you have a heart for adults, be it you can sing and record. Um, it's like your voice is needed. Your presence is needed. Your face is needed. And so when you measure your life, are you measuring it? Am I measuring it according to what Jesus did? Or am I measuring it to works? Am I being an example? Will, will I give of the gift and the time and the supply that God has placed on the inside of me to serve God, to serve the community? And I can even remember going back when I was at the age of, you know, like 11. To me, it, it really didn't make sense because we were that family Man, if it was trash, if it was, you know, restroom need to be cleaned, if it, I mean, we was right there as a family doing that. And so growing up in the church, I didn't want to do that. Because it's like, hey, man, y'all come to church right out? Yep. What y'all going to do? Clean toilets. But lo and behold, that was the greatest thing that I enjoyed because when people walked in and they, they smiled and the smell of the building, the smell of the church, it was like, man, so refreshing. And what I was taking for granted, I didn't realize that it was literally giving people life. When they walked in, they was like, man, you all care. But also, too, they saw that there was a place for them. And there were other young boys, my friends, they joined in with me. And we took turns as young boys cleaning the restrooms on Saturdays. Even so much so when I got hired at Word of Life Church. Operations manager, professional word for janitor. <laughs> but it was a joy doing it because that was what me giving up my time, my supply. And I was like, man, I'm here to serve. Refill the soap, refill the tissue, mop. Still do it today with a smile. Because I know it's helping you. I know it's helping me. And I know God is pleased. So I know that when you walked in, you received a serve team card. Some of you all are already on the serve team. My question to you is, will you consider joining a serve team and giving of your supply? It's not saying serve every Sunday. If it's once a month, twice a month, whatever it may be, parking. Man, I can remember serving in the parking lot. You would think after church service, people come out smiling. They do. Until you tell them to go in a direction <laughs> they don't want to go in. It's like, man, I didn't know you could talk that fast. But even in that, it's like, they needed to see my face. How would I respond even when they respond that way? We both just heard the same word. But even though 
we're in the same room, sometimes we don't hear the same message. And so with this serve team, it's literally given us the opportunity to continue to impact our community right here. Because we have the rhythm of waking up early. A lot of people don't have the rhythm of waking up early on a Sunday. So nine o'clock is too early for them. Nine thirty is too early for them to get children here. So we have to make room so they can come at a time that where now we can start teaching and growing them up in the things of the Lord. Because as I shared last week, the only time I went to church, New Year's, Easter, and Christmas, I was out of church for eight years. But it was because when I got back in church, I saw men serving. I saw women serving. So they were pouring into me. I would go play basketball with the guys, Mississippi College in Clinton, Mississippi, every Thursday. It was a single man, and it was a married man. Woo, thank you, Lord Jesus, because I was single at the time. And I'm like, Lord, you got to help me out because I want to live for you. Because I was that guy. I love to play spades. I love to shoot pool. I love to play basketball. But I was like, Lord, you got to get me around some men that when I'm doing these things, they're talking about you and not talking about other things. But I'm like, Lord, how do I find them? How do I see them? Because when I come in church, the music is going on. And some men standing and some men lifting their hands. I'm not going to tap them on the shoulder and say, hey, do you like to play spades? (laughs) So worship gets done. Pastor Joel is preaching. People saying amen. They write notes. Some people looking. We stand up, dismiss. Everybody ready to go home. I can't even get those questions in. But then I started serving. Notice I'm asking, Lord, send me some men. I need some help. Lord, I need some help. That's my prayer. So I'm praying, but I'm not putting any action to what God's telling me to do. Son, I need you to serve. No. Uh, Lord Jesus. Can you send me some men, Lord? I need some help. I want to get married. You know, I want to live a good life. You know, I want to help some men. All right. Hey, son, I want you, sir. Uh, No. Lord Jesus. So I start serving. The men that I needed. I found them. We would go play basketball, Clint, Mississippi, Mississippi College every Thursday. They never picked up a Bible. They never read a scripture. They were an example. Their lifestyle was an example before me. A single man, how to carry yourself in the church. A married man, how to carry yourself in the church. It was July 2005. 18 years later. Those men are still in my life. Actually, my mentors, some of my mentors. So I stopped praying and I put into action. I needed their face. There's a time to pray and there's a time to get in someone's face. So my question to you is, will you share your face? Right here, Word of Flight Point Dexter, 
and serve in the capacity that you believe that God has for you. Worship team, y'all can come on up. Because there are literally people that are praying. And as you get in their presence, as you get in their face, the very thing that they have been praying for, they get the answer to. And they get to see, man, you know what? Just like doing it, man, God loves me. I didn't know he loved me this much. I can't believe he still loves me, but they get to see your face and you get to be that example before them. Are you perfect? No. Am I perfect? No. But they get to see your face. They get to spend time with you and with God. And y'all get to learn things together. Y'all get to grow up in the Lord together. You get to cry together. You get to laugh together. But it's only because you are allowing them to see your face. And then you get to see their face when the exchange happened. Because when the exchange happened with Dooney, oh my goodness. I called my wife. I said, babe, you won't believe what happened how it started and how it ended. But it was because of the face. People can identify with your face. They will be able to identify with your story. They will be able to identify with your face as you allow the Lord to use you in the capacity of serving on our serve team here. Whatever capacity that it is, usher, parking, creeder, security, kids' life, nursery, preschool. And we get to serve our community. We get to grow together. And what I love about this is Jesus, he said, not only did I set an example before you to serve and washing your feet, but I'm setting an example of I'm laying down my life. I'm surrendering my life. My body is about to be broken for you. My blood is about to be shed for you. Because I want you to realize that in me, that you can do it. That my grace, it is sufficient for you. And so as we get ready to take communion, I just read the scriptures. They'll pull it up on the screens. They're in Matthew. And if you need uh, communion elements at this time, just lift your hand. And the ushers will, will serve you. Verse 26, Matthew 26, 26. While they were eating, Jesus took bread, gave thanks and broke it and gave it to his disciples saying, take and eat. This is my body. Then he took the cup, gave thanks and offered it to them saying, drink from it, all of you. This is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many of the forgiveness of sins. I tell you, I will not drink of this fruit of the vine from now on until that day when I drink it anew with you in my father's kingdom. And Jesus is saying, will you do this in remembrance of what I've done? 
that his body was broken, his blood was shed. And so as we close out this series, nothing to be ashamed of. Jesus is literally saying that everything that you may have experienced, have gone through. I want you to know. I know it. But I want you to know that you are not alone. That my grace, it is sufficient for you. And I want you to come to me in confidence, knowing that I will help you in your time of need. I'm not looking down at you. I'm looking upon you. My beloved son, my beloved daughter. I'm not looking at your past. I'm looking at who I created you to be. And so as we stand to our feet, I'm going to pray over us, pray over communion. You can take the elements. Worship team will sing a little bit. We'll dive into worship. So God, thank you once again for your son, Jesus. Thank you for who you are. Thank you for your love. Thank you that you are here standing with us. We're not alone. Thank you, Jesus, for going to the cross. Thank you, Jesus, for dying. Thank you, Jesus, for going into the grave and rising up again so that for us, we will remember what you have done. And so, Lord, I just thank you for this opportunity that we get to show you that we're putting in remembrance of everything that you have done for us. And we thank you that we get the opportunity to live a life for you, live a life before you so that others can see your face when they see our face. They can see your love when they see our face. They can see and experience your peace when they see our face. So, Father, I thank you for every person in this room. I thank you, Father, for their heart to love you, to live for you. I thank you for their heart to say that they will follow you all the days of their life. And, Lord, I just don't want to make that statement myself. But how many of you will say, just by lifting your hands, that say, Lord, I will follow you. Lord, I will trust you. Lord, I will depend on you. Lord, I will not be ashamed of me because you're not ashamed of me. So Lord, I thank you that together we make the decision. We follow you. We trust you. We rely on you and thank you for what you have done for us. And so now we take communion in remembrance of what you've done. In Jesus' name, amen.